Are you having average sex because there's just too much noise in your head? We may think that's just the way it is, but what if by turning down the noise, you could have the sex you always wanted? We're here with Giselle Jones, a clinical social worker and certified mindfulness facilitator to talk with us all about it. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. Well, yes, it's the holidays. It is the holidays, Mm -hmm. which I think we've opened the last two episodes the same way. (laughs) (laughs) But it is. I mean, it does create this ramping up a lot of expectation, uh, you know, stress, family, people you haven't seen all year that you now need to connect with and impress and deal well or, you know what it's dealing with a lot of old patterns that comes up right it's yes like, and then you get pulled into being who you were when you're 15 and you hate it and you're like <sighs> yeah yeah oh I'm the youngest in my family I go back I don't know what it is it's like a switch is flipped and I'm completely inept and like you know and I'm just the the little yeah the you're young back one that, to being the baby yeah that gets <laughs> you know that just says yeah okay and gets in the back of the car <laughs> Yeah. That is so not the woman that I know. I know. <laughs> Giselle is here. You're, Hi she's guys. trying to. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're 15, if you're lucky when you go home, like right. four, six is kind of. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's relegated. probably more true. I, I will say, I feel like I do grow out of it. Out of I, well, it? What do you mean? I mean, oh, yeah, like, I feel like, like it's gotten better as you've... I've gotten older. Like, I mean, it yeah. takes awareness and practice and whatnot but I think it is possible I have to say whenever I go home my mother loves to say you know when your sister was younger she was you know (laughs) and I'm like yeah yeah she was like that when she was eight (laughs) 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 and now she's all grown up 25 years ago or something like it's a lot that's funny point being that meditation while we're going to be talking about how we how it really can help us with our sex life because i know for me it's been tremendously important in my last 10 years of being sexually active and i know t you're having a i've just started with it right now meditating regularly like every day now i do i'm doing i try to do 25 minutes sometimes it's even just you know 10 minutes like i'll be like shoot right. i don't I, didn't, I don't make enough time yeah like whatever just get it in now let's let's back up a little bit like so giselle is joining us because she has this amazing background of work that really like a constellation of experience that kind of yeah that co- informs your sex life and meditation and why they're related and how which is like i know which is amazing that we found you (laughs) so that we could have this show that we've been wanting to have so um so just to give you a little bit of background about giselle and if i uh say fill in the gap here but um but so you work at your as an associate associate clinical social worker at the um, as a psychotherapist at the Center for Healthy Sex, uh, mm-hmm. which is actually here in L.A. Yeah, West L.A. Mm-hmm. And there uh, you do sex therapy for men, women, and couples. Um, and then you also, you have performance and um, artistry and creativity in your background as well. And so you were, she was also the former director of education for uh, the Get Lit program, which is a poetry education program for kids, which was just recently at the White House. Yeah. And then, (laughs) um, I know, and then you, so she also used these uh, creative skills to support social justice issues, uh, such as training the NYPD police officers, med students, and at-risk youth in how to handle emotionally disturbed people more fluidly. With the cops, it was emotionally disturbed people um, or individuals with the you know the med students it was how to deal with different kind of cultural variables and emotional variables they may need to mm-hmm. kind of pump up that bedside manner even though they may be really book smart and just with kids I think I've done a lot of work um, I was a therapist for kids before 
And in addition to like dealing with a lot of sexual trauma, mm. a lot, wow. it's, it's epidemic, wow. you know, it really is epidemic and um, pushing kind of my impetus to work towards healthy sexuality with adults as well right now. Um, but yes, I worked with kids and, and helping them kind of find their own way of expressing themselves and their own voice and power. I That's guess. great. And then you and you're also um, you're almost finished with your certification for uh, being a mindfulness facilitator. Yeah. Which is amazing that they even have that. I'm that's great. Yeah. It's <laughs> so great. you're sort of interweaving all of these things. And now you're going to share your wisdom and experience with us <laughs> yes. today yes. at TNA Talk Sex. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so T, you've yeah. been you've recently discovered meditation and you've got uh, your practice going. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, well, I'll say this. Um, well, anyway, I'm excited to talk with Giselle because I didn't, I haven't done anything formal with it. I mm-hmm. read a couple books and I thought, yeah, you know, and, and someone I was dating, you know, said, hey, meditate with me in the morning. And, uh, nice. and it, and just doing that without even having some, a more official training session um, has made an impact. And, and, uh, and I'm gentler with myself and I'm sort of right. hearing myself more and, and my day goes smoother because I do it in the morning and I have a clear perspective on what I need to accomplish. And yeah. And it's also about like a, not a, a bad moment, not turning into a bad day, turning into a bad week. You stopping know, that train. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. And I've been meditating, uh, uh, for about 10 years, like consistently it was, the past five to seven has been more like if I don't, like I have to have it in my life or, you know, it's gotten, it took a while though. It took several years to really cement the practice though and really make it a habit and something, not even just a habit, but just a, like, like you need water, you know, and I need food. I also need my meditation time. Definitely. But, and I know for me, um, I sexually, I was very much the kind of person where I was really in my head and very critical and, um, one of my battles in life is sort of dealing with um, sort of the obsession of getting it right, doing it right. Yeah, I'm the perfectionist the A-type. stuff going on. <laughs> so, uh, right. And so that was really stood in my way sexually for a long time. And, and so as I brought meditation in my life to really not just work on this issue sexually, but if for, in everything that I do, it really helped tremendously with sex. And it really helped me get me in my body and in the moment so I'm always talking about on the show like how, how I feel it's important like get out of your head yes like the technical stuff is important but also addressing the mind issues yeah so and I think that's uh, our background a little bit about it but. right um I think also it seems like it is a common problem for women to be in their heads uh sexually Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think from the moment that we're born, you know, maybe a couple years into that, there's this onslaught of shame and judgment and, you know, scrutiny on our bodies and the way that we present sexually that is, you know, like an infection. And it's mm. it's really hard to combat that. And part of the meditation practice is also, as you said, noticing, you know, being noticing how much that comes up and that chatter, that stress, that perfectionism, that negative self-talk and um, forgiving yourself, I think is one of the first things is forgiving yourself for noticing, <laughs> like for seeing how frequent it is yeah. and being gentle and, you know, loving kindness is part of the, um, the meditation practice as well. Be really being gentle with yourself around that 
And that's how you can then move past it instead of just being like, why am I doing this? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, I think that I would say, I may be kind of a sexist leaning, but I would say that, yeah, we are really in our heads a lot, um, maybe a lot more, make it, it makes it a little more complex for us, the whole sexual process. Can I yeah. ask your so your journey into working at this health sex center, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how did how did I want to hear kind of about the center and like how does that all work? But also yeah. you mentioned working with youth where you saw a lot of sexual abuse that had happened. I mean, did that is that how, what led you this way? Or I think that may have informed it a bit, but I've I've had this as a long term goal to kind of incorporate my um, creative and body mind wellness background with healthy sexuality and probably I mean I love my family very much but I came from a a pretty puritanical family where it just isn't spoken about and again we're like bombarded with all these sexual images that aren't necessarily realistic right and then the realistic kind of like juicy complex ones are the ones that get a little more you know tabooed in our society and um, I just really want to have a space for that because I felt I was affected by that and restricted by that and affected my sexuality for so long and probably still does it's even having those conversations I have to bring mindfulness into tolerating that anxiety that comes up um Ooh, well said <laughs> yeah yeah can we Talk define mindfulness yeah because I, I think we're making an assumption that you you know I yeah, think we all know <laughs> yeah we jumped no, right in absolutely. I feel like we can do a little and, uh, and you guys tell me if you have anything to add to this because there can be several definitions. But I think in the most um, simple form, and it really is simple, it's, it's not simple to maintain, but it's a simple concept, is that mindfulness is paying attention to the present moment in a deliberate way with compassion and non-judgment. I would put it that way. I would say observing is a, a word that I use a lot. Mm-hmm. Just of seeing it yeah letting it happen whatever whatever you know which yeah yeah absolutely. the non-judgment part but so I'm just sharing a word that helps with me yeah observing is a great great um word to use and and it can be a meditation practice um yoga I'm I didn't mention this um to you right now but I'm also a certified yoga teacher even though I don't teach as often anymore um that was my main practice for a while and there is a lot of mindfulness in it but there I think there's a little more intention you need to bring to just the sitting meditation which is um, a great way to practice mindfulness which you know I'd love to guide you guys on a little short one that has to do with kind of body body awareness maybe towards the end if that's okay yeah that'd be great okay yeah cool stay tuned for that yeah. <laughs> but it can be anything it can be the way that you wash the dishes you know having your mind in what you're doing and and taking in all the sensory input of what what's going on right now instead of you know we get lost in the past a lot and that's that's fine we have to reflect on where we are and what mistakes we've made but it can cause a lot of um, depressive feelings in excess and often and this is kind of the enemy of like healthy juicy sex is anxiety being caught in the future as well and like well Mm -hmm. what if I do this and what if this happens and what if this and then in the past is like I call shooting all over yourself like mm-hmm. I should have done this and I should have mm-hmm. done that and that's where the shame <laughs> shame comes in you know it's also yeah I'm yeah. still working on the the 
meditating while doing the dishes but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard it really is i read um zen mind oh t- do you know this book it's zen mind beginner's mind is yes. on my bedside table all the time because it, it's like i read it and reread it and reread oh. it and that's one of the exercises in there that he talks about and um uh, it, my as my mother says, it's simple but not easy. Yes, <laughs> but yes. but really, it is. Like if you uh, in these little things throughout the day, if you can give it your full attention, I feel like, you know, I think if there's a lot of misconception about meditation. Is it like prayer or some religious practice? But to me, it's just developing a muscle, like exactly like going to the gym, that gives us the ability to, or empowers us when moments are more heightened. You know what I mean? Yeah. To to, main, to uh, maintain perspective and not be so reactive. I have exactly. to say, f- yes, not to be so reactive. And I, I was feel like I was struggling with that. And I think when I got into it, I didn't really take, like it took me a while to take meditation seriously. And I think a lot of people struggle yes, with this. Yes, it, it like, did me too, yes. Yeah, like maybe you do it once and then you go... That this didn't work. do anything. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's awful. Like, this is going to take a lifetime and I am not a monk, so screw this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, or you so much comes roaring at you during that meditation. Yes. Like your past and all these things that you are hot buttons for makes you. Makes you worse. Yeah, makes you go, oh, that was fucking scary. Um, so, but what I discovered is it was almost like I had, I got to a point where I didn't, I felt I didn't have the choice anymore. It was like, for me, honestly, I was I was waking up in the morning and hating the morning. And by the time I, you know, once I got out of bed and was like moving and functional, I was like, oh, you know, like a happy person. No one would know that I would go through this like dark hour in the morning, <laughs> um, but it would be an hour, you know, like it would be hard to get out of bed. And I just thought there, there has to be a better way than waking up feeling this way. Yeah. Like, your first life. thought is I hate this. What am I doing? You yeah. mean life yeah. or mm-hmm. med- life? life yeah yeah (laughs) not necessarily meditation (laughs) i hate this life yeah Yeah. no waking up yeah and just just going yeah another day and frankly it was the it's the meditation and making sure i go to bed at a certain hour uh but (laughs) and good sex and good sex helps (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. but but by doing those two things i yeah i'm not having those like Wild mornings. They're not, yeah, they're smooth. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do my meditation now. I'm going to do like, I do a really short little yoga stretch thing. Like I just, nice. I, or I, sometimes again, like yoga can intimidate people. It's like, it doesn't, it's just stretching. Like you just stretch. <laughs> and then, and then I like meditate and then I, you know, make breakfast and, uh, and it's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I can like hear myself again. Yeah, exactly. And I like the, um, I mean, I have, I have love very much love for like the Buddhist and the Buddhist community and I don't know if it just wasn't I didn't have enough discipline to really call myself a Buddhist but I I have embraced um, a teaching and a program of mindfulness that is secular and it's at the UCLA it's called the Mark Institute the Mindful Awareness Research Center and they take you know the practice that has been given us from a lot of older you know cultures and and generations and taken that practice in a secular way really looked into the science of it as well Mm -hmm. like what happens with our brains you know our brains have not really developed a lot since that since prehistoric times oh Um, no it's developed but it hasn't (laughs) changed so much in the lower brain and we still are in that fight flight like getting cut off in traffic somebody's saying something or doing something that triggers you from like a past relationship or even if you have trauma like touching you in a part of your body that isn't resolved or has a lot of uh charge around it and you know 
that can put you into that same zone as if a lion is after you. Right. You know, that, that, that lower part of your brain goes into fight, flight, floods your body with like stress hormones. And largely subconsciously. Unconsciously. Right. It's not a choice at all. Right. It's completely, you know, automatic. I remember mm-hmm. getting out of a relationship and then I was with someone new and it was specifically while we were traveling. Like I basically, I, it, was, it was like I missed a flight. And I, and I had, I, all of a sudden, all this panic came up and I was like super anxious and freaked out to tell him that this had happened because I thought he was, I, I was, I had in my head that you get yelled at when that happens mm-hmm. and it was something from the past. And I remember having the mindfulness to be like, you know, or whatever. I was like, wow, okay, we're going to work on that yeah. because this other person, <laughs> first of all, not only didn't yell, laughed with a full bellied, you know, laugh, which of course made me helped with that relaxing the issue but I went oh this is a new experience a different situation and not only that but I'm right just I don't know being aware of like I don't yeah I don't you need can break patterns experience. yes thank yes. you mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> yeah and you're drawing attention and and compassion to your body in a way that kind of stops the story so when we take our attention off of like oh my gosh this looks gross on my body or like you know we have we have different scents and juices and all sorts of stuff that you know people have carry a lot of shame around um you know a lot of people including myself a lot of women (laughs) I know are like just don't touch my stomach you know for a long time in a relationship and you know kind of getting into just feeling sensations and noticing like wow I'm really not breathing like you can have sex Mm -hmm. and not be taking a deep breath forever and there are two you know ways to kind of approach looking at orgasm there's the like kind of like grind down and like mm-hmm. you know dig in and like ooh, yeah, like shaky bracy holding yeah, yeah like you tighten everything yeah tighten everything to get and, to that orgasm yes and then there's the kind of trusting going into that more relaxed and you know I'm not saying one or the other is better but it's interesting to see what's available when we really do relax certain parts of our body like really you know taking that deep breath just did it into, <laughs> into our pelvis and like allowing that a little more entry energetically into that region you touch on something um do we have time before yeah well well, no no we're gonna take a break yeah let's take take a break break. when we come back (laughs) i'm just gonna say so i don't forget it um i want to touch on breath and how we breathe um oh yeah because we do it all backward and i'm sure you have a lot to say about that yeah uh so let's take a break you can tweet us and join the conversation at ta talk sex yeah, we'll be and back. Giselle, you can find she's working with the Center for, sorry, health. I healthy feel like sex. Healthy, healthy sex. sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's centerforhealthysex.com. Welcome back. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. We're talking with Giselle Jones, who is a uh, associated clinical social worker and psychotherapist at the Center for Healthy Sex, mm-hmm. and also an um, an almost certified mindfulness facilitator. Yeah. Um, who's talking with us about uh, meditation and sexuality and how the two actually very much go together? Well, yeah, and anxiety. And I just want to say that you coming into our space has slowed us down totally and <laughs> I don't, like I feel like I'm like deeper way. in my voice and yeah exactly we've said <laughs> right before in. the show we were like I'm like super calm I'm like okay let's do the show 
But I'm like, no, we have to dance. And like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Match our, our intro music. It's good. It's great. Okay. So now that we feel very peaceful. Um, so t- t- talk to us about the center and, w- and what you guys do over there. Sure. Yeah. The, the Center for uh, the center for <laughs> Healthy Sex was um, founded by and still run by Alex Katahakis. She's a, an MFT, uh, Masters of uh, Marriage and Family Therapy. And she is kind of a genius. She's written a lot of really great books around sex addiction and finding healthy relationships after it and and things like that. But what we address and how it's kind of different than other centers, I think, is we both address kind of the sex therapy, like people who are having issues with, say, orgasm issues or pelvic pain or erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, things like that, that largely have... A psychological component as well like we work with other people and doctors and physical therapists as well but then on the other hand there's also the sex addiction and love addiction treatment we have intensive outpatient programs and just really great clinicians for that I work more on the sex therapy side but I'm starting to get more involved with the sex addiction side as well so Can I, mm-hmm. oh go ahead it just seems like there's a lot of overlap with issues that people deal with and how it's then going to translate to their sexual I don't know, capacity or, or openness or comfort with it. Yeah, I so I think a lot of people come in with that mentality and it's attached to anxiety as well, the take two and, and call me in the morning. They want that prescription for how can I get this over with as soon as possible. A lot of people have waited to seek help until it's really become a big issue for them or their partners. And it's like, you know, getting them the buy-in that this actually might be more of an emotional thing that they think it is, is kind of huge. And sometimes I will take them right into something like a breath exercise or some sort of a body scan, which I'll show you later, that to really show them that they're completely, not completely, but they're largely dissociated from their bodies or, or their breath. And the breath is kind of like, I would say a guide, like a guide with this giant flashlight that you can, you know, that takes you back into your body, back into your experience, back into the present. And it's and it's a gentle guide, you know, as opposed to like, you know, jumping into a lake of cold water, which would do the same thing. (laughs) But I think just like really taking time to give yourself that that nourishment that we don't often do. And, you know, you were mentoring during the during the break that people don't breathe properly. And when um, I started doing yoga, I realized that, you know, I hold my stomach in and again, back to the stomach and, and, you know, especially with women, um, but men can do it too. Holding in your gut and just breathing with with your chest rising and falling is actually keeping yourself in a heightened state of anxiety. This is the Mm -hmm. readiness. My God, I was doing that for years. I mean, I still do. Even this morning I woke up doing it, but I've gotten better about sinking in. Yeah. And if you can just put your hand on your belly and right now and just take a deep breath in, what should happen is that ideally, (sighs) yeah, (laughs) your navel will go out, you know, and then when you inhale and in, when you exhale, and sometimes people have that opposite or they hold that and it's just the chest rising and Mm -hmm. falling. And it it only should get really to the chest when you're taking huge deep breaths that you're in aerobic space or something. But like taking that deep breath in with your whole abdomen expanding and taking the breath out and having it draw back towards your spine will actually send your system into, um, into a calmer state because it's telling your body that you're safe. 
Yeah. I think but, as women, if you're still dealing with getting used to your stomach, I uh, know <laughs> I'm saying it's it. no, because I, I had my issues around it too. I actually had a lover once who did grab my stomach and I for a moment almost flinched. And then I was like, wait, that kind of feels good. Uh-huh. And then I got into it anyway. Yeah. But it can be a powerful breakthrough. The point though, is that um, if maybe you just start with no one's around while I'm meditating. I'm going to let my gut out. <laughs> you <Yeah. know>? like, <laughs> like that's your safe space. Yeah. You know, and, and I, what do I want to say? Bre- the breath has for me become so, so, so important. And, but it, it did take a while and I'll just share this in, in my experience, but you know, I read all these books, you know, focusing back to breath work and, you know, there's d- so many different ways to try to harness your attention, right? There's mantras and there's guided meditations and all different tools that are great and useful. Um, yeah. And then there's always the breath. And I never, it took me so long to really find the value in just spending 20 minutes only breathing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, but after I finally got the hang of it, it's like it, my savior because it's with you all the time. You're, you can't ever, you can't ever escape it, right? Exactly. Which is, which is wonderful. And actually when we did ayahuasca, I had, this, which we'll do an episode about this. Yeah. T and I did it together, but I had this amazing, <laughs> crazy experience with breath. And it was basically showing me how every breath is literally you're creating an entire universe in every breath which i know is like well, a kind of a big yeah. leap i feel like no, it's kind of a big it. leap it's true totally made sense and it's still i still hold it within me now but um but yeah it's really breath is so has been super helpful and it can instantly i think ground me you know yeah it, it can completely be grounding as far as you know connecting with someone else as well um, in a difficult situation like to say there are nerves involved or you know you've you're going you've gotten over some sort of a fight or something you're going through something or you there's something you want to ask for even sexually if you want to ask for something sometimes there's a lot of you know hesitation and strength just if you're breathing like you realize okay I'm safe because they're really what's the worst thing that can happen to you somebody gets up and leaves you know like that's the worst <laughs> thing but when we hold our breath our bodies are like the worst thing that could happen is I could die that's what our bodies uh, our brains wow. are feeling feeding right. our bodies and when then, it when yeah. it tightens up yes. yeah wow yeah and we're not we're not giving ourselves that that space to just drop in and really know that we're we're safe and we're comfortable and sometimes that happens when you know to say I'm sure you've had this experience when or maybe not um, mm-hmm. I don't want to to invalidate anything but you know having um tears or um even sobbing during sex oh yeah that kind of release and love it yeah that Mm. comes with you know letting the breath join the orgasm or whatever else is coming up as well so that's a huge release that can be you know it can feel so scary before it's about to happen and then it comes and it's 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 so its own orgasm you know right i have a lover at the moment who um he's not trained in Tantra or anything. I know Tantra focuses a lot on breath work. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yeah. So, but uh, my, my lover who's an older gentleman is, um, I maybe just through being older and seasoned and with experience, like we, like it's automatic deep belly breathing whenever we come together, Mm. which is so like, it really instantly lights this 
fire between us. And it's the first time I've ever really experienced that with a like a non body worker. Kind not of. necessarily age with a 27 year Maybe old not. who did that instinctively. Great. No, it's wonderful. <laughs> but I'm just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But just I'm just saying like it's their so bodies. it's so um, effective even just to get the fire stoked. Yeah. 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 Instantly. To breathe in sync with the person. Uh, but deep from the from the deep belly. Yeah. Do you find that with you're at the center that you're working at? I mean, do some people get scared and kind of run away? I mean, like, like they'll be your client. They come for a day oh, and yeah. then they're like, oh, I just experienced emotions. Can't handle that. That's <laughs> not I didn't think that was going to happen. Didn't want to open that. Yeah. <laughs> that will happen with any kind of therapy. For sure, yeah. But you can see somebody's, um, and I don't want to you know, expose anybody, but you can see someone's anxiety really kind of peak when they're, they want to like ask more questions and kind of practice less you know mm-hmm. um or just oh to create like a defense almost like yeah. peddling noise absolutely because oh, yeah. that's how we defend and, and we're a very busy culture right now unnaturally busy sick busy mm-hmm. and i am guilty of that Girl. you know yeah I'd yeah be <laughs> i'd be lost without my meditation practice because it's just like and even then i fall into it a lot but yeah people people just being still can be really panicky for them acknowledging emotions when i tell people sometimes okay, what's going on right down your body? They're like, what do you mean? And it's almost like they're angry with me for asking that question. And they're like, what do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. What's going on with my body? My body's right here. I'm just thinking things. I said, well, you know, our thoughts are in our heads. Our feelings are in our bodies. And, you know, just to have patience with people absorbing that concept, it can be really, um, you know, just this profound, crazy shift for them because they think everything's in their head. But it's actually our feelings are in our body. You feel anger you know it because your chest tightens or your heart beats faster. You get hot or your your eye, you know, your focus narrows. Um, same thing with other emotions. We don't know it because we're saying, I'm angry. We're feeling this flush. And we may be reacting to something we've told ourselves. But the anger itself or the or the joy or the fear is in our body. It's, it's a body experience. Yes. And I like where you're going with this because I feel like people listening and and uh, me too even i think you know we hear about like the center for for oh my god i'm always oh, getting okay. backwards center, center for healthy yeah. center for healthy I'm like, i keep wanting to say center for sexy health <laughs> <laughs> i love that that'll be that'll be at our health, stuff. health is sexy. i love it <laughs> um but that and and the work that you do and meditation it's like yeah but you know i didn't experience any sexual trauma or anything so it's not for me mm-hmm. but it's not i mean it's like every single person just living a normal life. I want to sign totally up. Totally benefit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, absolutely. You know. And also, what we call trauma may not be sex abuse or sure. being beaten yeah. as well. It can be having, you know, a certain kind of punishment growing up, or it can be like completely shutting off any emotional talk. A family that's just very shut down and secretive around emotions can be um, almost more damaging sometimes or neglectful. Mm-hmm. Um, I find I've also had uh, experiences where. Or I'm amazed at, at, at how much my openness and my connectivity can fluctuate just within a year, right? Uh, there are times where I've been very kind of expansive and open and able to connect and in a, in a strong place. And then I would say, you know, in the fall, I kind of went through this little phase of being a little more closed off and it was more challenging to connect. And I'm I sure wonder if that's a natural seasonal thing. Not that we have real might be. here, yeah. but I, I'm wondering if it might be and. You know, I, in my line of work, we're kind of taught a lot of pathologizing. I mean, like putting like clinical labels on a lot of things where there might be kind of 
really good reasons for it. So I'm wondering if even just like a slight weather shift, it's natural to be more reflective or more like kind of like that nesty feeling. Right. You know? And well, taking time for myself, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But but it is interesting to see the the shifts. I, well, I guess I was thinking actually that then I did have, you know, then I was reaching out again and kind of having sexual experiences with another person that made me go, oh, I feel like I got lost a little bit. Like I'm and I'm like relearning connectivity yeah yeah um can you can you talk to you had mentioned earlier real quick before we do your body scan um you had mentioned the science that that you guys that you had studied right now in your mindfulness facilitator training yeah um and i think there's so much out there right now talking about the science of meditation are there a couple points that you could share that like impacted you the most or that were most interesting yeah i would say um i want to just bring it back again to that part of the brain the lower basal part of the brain there's a uh, piece called the amygdala and that will release a lot of hormones um like cortisol is one of the main ones that triggers to our body that we are in fight or flight Mm -hmm. ready to run ready to fly already sorry ready to fight or ready to freeze in extreme fear you actually get immobilized which Mm -hmm. can happen too sexually and to kind of like um, illustrate something I guess one of the studies in Harvard I think in the past two years talked about how using brain scans you can actually see people who meditate I think it was 20 minutes a day I think they started as non-meditators and then after about eight weeks you could see that the firing in that part of the brain was a lot more subdued and the firing in the frontal lobe was a little more activated and the frontal lobe is kind of like that labeling that I said going into talking about you know choosing deliberately what's going on paying deliberately attention to the present moment so that decision making part of the brain gets bolstered and then the the reactive part of the brain gets a little more subdued mm-hmm. oh. and we can now see these things and it's still very young science and I know there's a lot of really enthusiastic you know uh, study and a lot of those are being done by people who are already advocates so right. just you know just right. to take everything with a grain of salt sure but it is a pretty profound and I think still the most profound um change can be shown through practice right yeah. oh no I think you're hitting on something for for me over the years you know I've had those moments where I go I don't want to be reactive like this right like I'm I'm responding to things that caught and it's I feel like you're speaking to my childhood mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like these things that would fire off and just gaining balance right yeah. can I can we just talk real quick about the like what exactly is meditation um, my understanding has been that it's doing these different exercises can help us change um, like the f- sort of frequency pattern that our brain is going through. They're yeah. like in like beta waves, which is super active, busy mode mm-hmm. versus alpha, which is a little bit more of a dream state kind of as far as I understand and theta and delta, which is more like deep sleep or deep, deep meditation. So I mean that I don't know that's that's from something I've read I use anyway it doesn't matter where it came from but um (laughs) but uh but there's so many different paths to meditation right so I think if like listeners might be like well yeah but what is it is it just not thinking yeah a lot of people think that that it's just clearing your mind and I guess there are some forms of meditation so I don't want to you know poop on those kinds of meditation the reason why I like the mindfulness approach is that you're giving your your brain something to do 
So instead of, you know, just letting it do its own three ring circus or right. wherever it is, which it will do, <laughs> which it will do. And also to be OK with that. It's about noticing when it does that and then bringing it back to anything that is present moment. And so if you're sitting, um, as we spoke of, the breath is like a really good what I call anchor, like a ship drops an anchor. So pardon me. So like just that you are the ship, you are the boat, the waves are our thoughts or maybe crazy life events that are going on. And the meditation itself is the dropping of the anchor that keeps the ship from capsizing. It may still bounce around a bit, but it's not going to go off course and it's not going to capsize. So I drop that anchor into focusing on present sounds, focusing on the breath in the body. And I can tell you when we do um, our little meditation where that can be in the body, just choosing like one of three places is sometimes easy. And it's that simple and that kind of un like not interesting like it's not like oh okay I'm gonna be focusing on solving world hunger yeah exactly (laughs) it's something that actually takes not too much effort but it still does because our brain is so crazy busy we so habituated but every single time we draw our attention back to the present moment we are we are it's not a small feat we're actually doing like digging a little ditch in our it's brain. It's the weight training. Exactly. Right. Our brains change. It's called neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. that our bl- brains will change throughout the entire lifespan, as we now know. Even in older adults, if they just started this practice, it could make a, it could make a difference. There are a lot of studies right now that are looking at, you know, preventing early onset Alzheimer's through mm-hmm. these practices. And so it's, yeah, it's like shifting and re-kind of molding the brain by, by changing the different connectivities and turning down the amount of stress hormones that are released into our body by like shifting these connectivities. So imagine you're somebody who's just like digging a new ditch away from a highway and starting your own road. It's going to take several times before that becomes its own highway. Mm-hmm. But, and you know, and you have and to divert the traffic, the traffic's still going to want to go on that big road. But every single time you draw your attention and be like, okay, cool. I'm thinking without, you know, beating up yourself and bringing it back to the breath bringing it back to the body sensations, bringing it back to the sounds. That's our, that's our digging a ditch through that new super highway in our brain. That's a great visual. To, to happy land. To yeah. Happy land. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, yeah, let's, let's, let, um, let's, let's do one. Let's do one. Okay. So, because, oh, so I just want to add, like, I was talking to a friend just the other day who was saying, yeah, I need to, I've been meaning to do that. I've been meaning to meditate, you know, but I feel like I need like a teacher, you know, like I can't just do it. So I felt like Sorry. this was a great, moment to like yeah for for i feel like i'm glad that you're joining us and kind of showing us how to start because you know it's no you know you can start whenever you're ready start this holiday all right yeah it does help to have a guide sometimes so i'm gonna invite you to just kind of find a comfortable seat but one in which you still feel really supported and kind of like um an alert posture and then um, if you can have your feet touching the ground at all. And let's, question. again, talk to, don't forget to talk to the people who might be driving at the moment. Okay, yes. Because <laughs> you can driving, do it. You can still do it. While I invite driving. you to keep your eyes open <laughs> and pay attention. But, you know, if you even just pay attention to the, like, the body um, sensations going on, that can draw you into the present moment while you're, while you're still looking around. Be in the drive. We get through drives and don't even know how we got to places most of the time. And like be in it and, you know, just be aware, curious, you know, interested, attentive as to what's going on. But you can follow along with what's going on in your body while still maintaining your eyes on the road. (laughs) So and if not, just find yourself in a place where you can put your both feet on the ground 
um, a comfortable seat, alert posture, and take a deep breath in and exhale. And one more time, and this time just relax, soften slightly around that erectness. Dun dun. So um, I want you to start at your feet, just paying attention to like your feet. Maybe your um, your feet are on the pedal or on the floor, and there is probably some weight pressing into the ground. Perhaps it's colder or warmer on one side or the other. And just notice, drawing your attention up, kind of to your ankles. It's almost like you're. You're paying attention in a way that's kind of just like giving your different parts of your body a little a little extra love, a little, little honoring, just with your attention. You don't have to change anything, moving up your shins, the front of your shins, kind of wrapping your attention around the back of your calves. And I just want to note again, as your thoughts invariably will come in, it's just something that will happen. You're human, you live in a city. Um, or not, but you probably aren't living on a mountain. Your thoughts come in. I just, I want you to just acknowledge your thinking if it comes in when you notice, really gently. Okay, all right, thinking. Thanks, and bring your attention back to the sound of my voice or the feelings in your body. Drawing your attention to your knees, the large muscle groups of the legs, front of your thighs, your inner thighs the bottom of your thighs pressed against whatever you're sitting on and drawing your attention up into your pelvis you know there's a lot of weight there and sometimes there's a lot of heat there as well just notice where is it warm am I holding anything is it is it more spacious there kind of you know drawing your attention to all of those inner organs above your pelvis and up to your abdomen kind of your central abdomen your belly button up I'm going to take you up the front of the body to your solar plexus just notice is there sensation when you draw attention am I holding my breath is it moving with the breath and again, for right now, just notice. So your rib cage, your heart center, like where your heart actually is, or the center of your rib cage. What do you notice when you draw attention there? Is there tightness? Is there warmth? Up to the front of your neck, across your shoulders, the tops of your shoulder blades, and um, almost as if you've got two benevolent angel hands, this is going to be one of the times I'm going to invite you to be a little more engaging, almost like two benevolent warm angel hands, feeling them placed on the back of your shoulder blades. Feel your shoulder blades maybe sink down, even just a micrometer, like someone's just drawing their warm hands down the top of your back, gently. And just notice your middle back lower back there may be some pain there just acknowledge it maybe not lower back all the way down to your coccyx your tailbone 
Is that pressing against anything? Is it elevated? Are you holding up your lower back? All the way back up to your neck, the back of your neck, very vulnerable area, very vulnerable part of your body, the sides of your neck, and maybe even more so the front of your neck. Just gently give attention there. Just notice. What does it feel like? Something? Nothing? That's okay. And drawing your attention up to your facial muscles. Now we, we can hold a lot of tension here. So just really just notice gently. I'm going to start at your forehead again with that kind of single warm benevolent hand. Imagine somebody has a gentle hand. Maybe even three fingers that they're just drawing down your forehead. Release your eyes. Let your eyes rest a little more gently in their sockets. Your nose. Sometimes I like to imagine that my nose is like a little avalanche is happening and all of the muscles are just kind of like dissolving and melting and sliding down around my nose. If that's, you know, upsetting to you in any way, don't take that in. But sometimes that helps me then release my mouth. Jaw, which can further help you release your neck and shoulders. We're all connected. It's all connected. Just maybe even noticing how your tongue is in your mouth. Is it just, you know, waiting to activate again? Or is it kind of resting at the back of your mouth or maybe pressing towards the top slightly? And then drawing your attention around to your ears, your earlobes, the back of your ears, and up the back of your head, almost like, again, little fingers just caressing up to the back of your head. And then that space at the top of your head, crown of the head, and maybe even draw your attention just slightly off of that space and imagine what kind of body heat you're giving off and how far it might go off your body. And taking a deep breath in, that deep abdominal breath, and exhale, inhale, and exhale. And just take a couple seconds right now just to notice just the overall sensation in your body. Maybe something stood out to you a little more than something else. And just, just notice it. Maybe it's something you carry every day and you don't notice you're doing it. Maybe it's something that feels really yummy and you never noticed. But just kind of resonate with what that was like. If it was boring, that's cool too. And just in a moment, I'm going to play a little bell. And when you hear the bell, when you stop hearing the sound of the bell, I want you to take another deep breath in and um, open your eyes or re-engage a little more broadly. Take a deep breath in and out. And if there's anything that you guys notice that you want to share, you can let me know. You might be out of time now. <laughs> anything that came up for you guys? Just releasing tension because it's been a crazy week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of notice I struggle with um, like a tension in my face, like I tighten around the eyes mm. and the jaw and yeah. I'll loosen, but then it'll tighten again. And mm -hmm. my meditation, I'm always like, OK, and relax again. 
like mm-hmm. and <laughs> but just tuning into that like Me being aware too. of it yeah i really kind of do that nose thing because a lot of the m- muscles around the nose will release a lot of the other muscles like in the jaw was that helpful for you? Sometimes it freaks mm-hmm. people out to say that the nose is an avalanche. No, no it was no, good. I, <laughs> well, I, grew up, I grew up skiing, so it actually brought me to that place of like when you feel sort of invigorated and, mm-hmm. but in a good, you know, in a good way and you're breathing freely and I don't know. It was good. Yeah. Um, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you guys. All ready for the day. So cool. <laughs> Nothing like being present. For great sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's necessary. Yeah. I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being with us and thank uh, you. Yeah, we're gonna how to connect with yourself more mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. And then in the holidays, since it's holiday season and you're probably with your crazy families, please use <laughs> yeah. this if it's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> really. If anything, if you take one thing from this, it's breathe <laughs> breathe right and feel Belly your breathing. feet maybe even with your family yeah <laughs> go for a walk i mean it could even be like around the block but yeah oh yeah just that like let it out all right so giselle jones from the center for healthy um thank you for being with us thank you so much guys it's been a pleasure okay you're mm-hmm. listening to tna talk sex you can tweet us at ta talk sex or instagram, instagram us or TA send Talk us a Sex. voicemail at tatalksex.com. Let Email us know us. how this episode helped you. Or didn't. Yeah. Or what else you might like to know. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. Hey.